Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Cody Spears from Texas, Wes Johnson out in San Francisco, and Jason Bolin in Southeast South Dakota. Each Wednesday, we deliver the NFL's topics, the juiciest ones. This week, we're going to talk about these the schedule tidbits that continue to dribble out. Talk about Odell Beckham, where he might end up. Maybe uh, some chat about the Lions and how their roster is shaping up. And then at the end, we'll give some way too early Super Bowl predictions. Yes, even from May of 2022 before seeing any summer activities. First, foremost, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all of your sports betting needs. And a bunch of info as well. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the Major League Baseball is back. Who are you picking to win the World Series? BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started, so head on over to the website today and you, or use your mobile device to join and use this promo code BLEAV, believe BLEAV, to receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. The trend zone tonight, we've got a litany of topics per usual. And the first thing that I have to get out of my system, there are some things in life that irrationally get on my nerves. And I'm otherwise a fair and open-minded guy, but there's some things that just make me roll my eyes. And I'm like, why why does this make me mad? And one of them is this recent schedule um, setup that they have. Like normally in April, they used to do it. Just a day in April, they drop the schedule and you could make your travel plans or size up how many wins and losses. But now they make it a week-long event. And when they explained they were going to make it a leak, a leak, a week long event last year or last week, they said they were going to do it network by network. And I was like, oh, cool. They'll release their full slate of games by network. And then it's like a puzzle, but it's like one or two games from each network. I'm like, really? <laughs> and so I don't, I don't know. I sound like one of those old guys we talked about. That's like, I don't, I don't like when players switch to single numbers, but it, <laughs> it gets on my nerves that they just don't release the schedule. Wes, am I nuts? No, it, it feels like the last three weeks we've been like dealing with little tidbits here and there of the schedule. Um, I caught the the Jags with their pants down on Twitter. Uh, they <laughs> they tweeted if they get three uh, M likes, um, they'll uh, release the schedule. And so I tagged three M and three M liked the post even. <laughs> Um, yet they didn't, uh, release the schedule. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a little, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think of it. It's, it sounds like they have it. I just release it. Yeah. Why, why all the mystery? Why just, you know, leaky faucet in the kitchen, uh, the schedule. Yeah. Uh, it feels like it, it's just drip drip. 
That's yeah. exactly what it is. And I, I've got a, a contact in the Vikings world that has a, a pal or whatever in the NFL office. And he claims that they, they tweak it up until the day. And I'm like, God, when you're doing venues, like, are they really like, oh, shit, we got Aerosmith that night in Tampa. We can't have it there. Like, is it really that much of a thing? I'm with US that they've known for a month and it's just a, right. a big, slow jerk off where you're like, all right, they're edging is what they're doing. Let's right. Be, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, the, the international series I get because that's overseas and that's, you know, expanding the horizon. <laughs> but Oh, yeah. Packers and Cowboys on Fox on week 10. It's like, so what? Yeah. yeah, I think it's it's genius. I mean, here we are, here we are talking about the NFL schedule in May, and you know everybody's on Twitter wondering who's going to play who, who's opening up against who. I was sitting here looking at it just for the Broncos. I mean, there's a rumor that they're going to open up at Seattle. That's pretty exciting. Ooh, really? But um, I do like the the games that they've released so far. The international ones: Vikings at Saints. Um, let's see, we got another one. Uh, Bron- no, I thought Broncos the Broncos traveled. Do they? Yeah, 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 the Broncos play overseas against the Jags. Oh, yeah, and that's a free away game for y'all. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and then Packers Giants, and then- that game starts at seven thirty in the morning. Yep, seven thirty yeah, in the morning. Isn't that? I awesome? mean, I go to sleep the night before. <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> Jason, does the schedule get on your nerves or not really? No, you know, I've never. I- I think it's I, I'm with Cody. I think this is absolutely badass. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, you know, in, in maybe it's just because of the, all the excitement that I got is, you know, with all the new things and cool things that have happened in Denver this year, but I'm really excited to see them. And, and, you know, there's, there's little, you know, it's looking, looking at Twitter for any kind of tidbit you can find on yeah. who might know and like when albright benjamin albright shared today uh you know i hope broncos fans uh like primetime games holy hell he says uh so obviously it, it appears to me as if he knows yeah. already it wouldn't surprise me if he does um so that probably so means about five it, yeah i mean i think yeah. that there's a there's a uh, cap on that if i'm not mistaken isn't there like five or six yeah i'm gonna yeah. guess if he i saw that too from when you uh shared it with the group here i think for him to say holy hell or whatever the words he used it would have to be five at least yeah, yeah because four would be like oh cool but five is really the one that make me go wow yeah and then i saw the you know that that twitter uh handle with uh, i think it was game day leaks is what the, the yeah. handle was and i, I don't know how legitimate that is but they were talking about the raiders and broncos opening up on monday monday oh, night first yeah. week one so i don't know how legitimate that is i've also heard the seattle thing but um yeah i like them just dropping it in and is this the first year that they've done this yeah yeah i was it, gonna say it used to be like april 12th and then they pushed it back a month which got on yeah. my nerves and yeah and then <laughs> they they announced that they were going to do announcements by network last week and I, I don't know, I'll get used to it like I do everything. And I totally understand that it's, you know, it's taken up 10 minutes of our show here uh, for Vikings fans. I know some of them listen to this show as well as the one that I have with McKinney. Uh, you can bank on a home game week one. That's, you know, doing the tea leaves. That's going to happen week two for sure. Is at Philadelphia week four is a neutral site road game against uh, the Saints in London. Um, the other ones from from the dude I was telling you guys about are New Year's Day against the Packers in Lambeau and then finishing up at home against the Bears, which is be absolutely surprising to a lot of Vikings fans. 
And then uh, he seemed to agree sort of with uh, the leak at Buffalo week 15. So Mm. yeah, by the time the listeners are listening to this, it's probably all water under the bridge, but uh, yeah. So this schedule stuff, I think, I think because it's generated this, it's going to continue, but let's talk about, let's pivot into uh, the, the big off the field news is that Tom Brady is going to, for 10 years, is going to make $375 million being a primary commentator for, for Fox. And I tweeted this because if you take a step back, that son of a gun came into the NFL and became, you know, a household name right away in 2001 when they won the Super Bowl. And he had <laughs> been here working here for 21 years and the 10 year deal ensures that for at least 30 years and probably 40 He's not just going to be a guy in the shadows or an ambassador of the game like Magic Johnson. He's going to be part of your television screen on Sundays for 30 to 50 years. And that's that's quite remarkable. So, Cody, tell me about this analyst money, the Romoization of the booth, and what's your thoughts? I saw that uh, Romo and Aikman both combined are going to be making less than Tom Brady, which is pretty crazy. Uh, I was absolutely ecstatic over Romo going to the booth. I mean, that guy crushed it. He, I'd say he was better at being a broadcaster than he was being a quarterback. And I mean, he achieved that top 1% of being a quarterback in the world. So that goes to say a lot there. I'm definitely excited for Brady to retire and go to the booth. I'd be happy if he did it next week. I mean, we've, I've seen enough Brady. I don't really care about the Buccaneers too much, but uh, I know they'd be screwed, but um, no, just his insight into the game kind of like Romo provided but also you got to think that whole time he was with the Patriots everything's buttoned up you know anytime something came out maybe a conversation between him and Belichick you know everybody was all over it and now you see him on shows like the barbershop where he's on there with like I don't really know the cast LeBron James and some other people but uh you know he's over there dropping f-bombs and you know saying i'll just send you all a link at some point anyways uh the guy you never really get a look into his life and here he is gonna enter all of our living rooms and pull back the curtain to where we all get to know tom brady and this way that you know this whole time he's been like a mercenary so now he's gonna come across as you know trying to be the family man so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see that tie into that. And think sure. of, think of, think about his uh, pseudo endorsement. If he's calling a game by that time and Kellen Mond is the Vikings quarterback, if he says something like, you know what? I like this Kellen Mond. We're going to be like, Oh my God, Brady likes him. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Sure. yeah. If it was Jim Nance, we'd be like, Oh, well, cool. He thinks he's pretty good. But yeah, if the Brady endorsement, it's, it's like magic's endorsement that he loves to give out. Wes, tell me, tell me about Brady going into Fox eventually. Yeah, I mean, it's a huge deal, huge deal. Um, Fox, they obviously um, moved on or rather their um, strongholds, uh, Aikman and Joe Buck moved on um, to their own separate gigs. And so there's a glaring hole on their broadcast team. Um, The... Uh, emergence of Amazon and and them covering some Thursday um, broadcasts kind of created a a vacuum of all these networks trying to 
get as many of these top guys as they could. And, you know, Fox, they sweep in and offer 37.5 mil per year for 10 years for a guy that's still playing the game. I mean, that, you know, (laughs) yeah, it's genius too on, on Fox's behalf. And a lot of these networks I'm sure would probably wait for the players to, uh, retire before getting them in. Um, I, I think the closest one that I can think of um, in another sport would be uh, Draymond Green. I've heard um, whenever he hangs up, uh, his um, sneakers uh, will be sought after uh, pretty heavily for um, you know some some type of broadcast gig. So you think that's got to be the. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, that's got to be the biggest contract someone's ever gotten for something they're not qualified for, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, unless TikTok videos qualify you, as we should have all known, all those TikToks he's released over the summer during his downtime, he definitely didn't want to lose that. Hey, uh, that Ryan fucker, down. that Ryan fucker and all his little toys or whatever he is on, on YouTube. <laughs> he, he, he gets like 30 million for (laughs) do you you think they'll run out of spots like you know because why wouldn't everybody do this do you think that once the big four have their big lineup that that's it or do you think that's you know philip rivers will do some games no no (laughs) philip rivers (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i see carson wentz doing it (laughs) but yeah well you would think that every player will see this money train and say that's what i'm doing but at some point Will it be like, you know, Rivers and the other guy <laughs> calling the Jags and Texans on a little market? Or mm-hmm. is, is it really these big eight guys, you know, four booths, two dudes that are, are to be sought after? Or will, you know, every quarterback eventually just go to the booth? What do you right. think? And then, we, then we rank them on their playing careers on who gets the job <laughs> by Bar- Mark Sanchez. but uh no i do see i do see a lot of players at smaller gigs i know someone that i'm a big fan of is nate burleson uh Mm -hmm. he he was working for good morning football now he calls games here and there but it it does seem like that's where i would want to go i mean you you got someone who maybe they're around andrew luck's age and it's a wear and tear on their body and they see that money over there all those hits they don't have to take they get to watch everybody else take these hits it's like, you know, I'm 28 like and I made $50 million. seems like a pretty good gig. Yeah. It's like coaches having that lure, like the Gruden, like, you know, why would, you know, how many years before he got canceled? How many years did we say, <laughs> why would he go back to coaching when he's making mm-hmm. bank, making bank? Uh, right. Speaking of Andrew Luck, he would be horrible in the booth with that voice. Absolutely horrible. <laughs> and speaking of Andrew Luck, I can't believe you brought him up. I forget about him sometimes. Mm-hmm. Have you, has anybody seen him lately? <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. I, I, there's a he's pretty skinny. It's a pretty yeah, he crazy has, picture. He looks like he walked out of the wild, wild west. Yeah, he, he has seen better days, it looks like. I mean, he he's, looks 50. He's always had the neck beard. So <laughs> the neck beard. I can get one of I those. I miss going. his letters to his mother. Did y'all see those back <laughs> oh, yeah. today? That wasn't him though, was it? I thought it was. Oh, I thought it was a parody account. Maybe it will, if that was that him, would make it even better. Yeah, I can't decide which one would be better if it was him or if it was a parody account. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh, so you've always had an uh, utmost respect for Brady Jason? Are you anxious to hear him in the booth? And no, of course, three years, absolutely, absolutely. 
That's that's golden. And I don't know that you can, you know, I know a lot of people want Manning in there and and rightfully so. And Brady, of course, I mean, especially you nailed it. I mean, watching some of these episodes and seeing him come out of his shell a little bit and and talk like a normal man. Yeah, dude's a badass. How do you not like him? Everybody now likes him is the thing. And and uh, I don't think that there's going to be that many guys that are going to be as sought after to, to fill those booth positions as your Brady's or your Manning's or, you know, but maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. And I, I don't, uh, and you were talking about, there's going to be some games on Amazon. I think Apple and is going to be taking over the, the uh, Sunday ticket, if I'm not mistaken from direct TV after this year. Oh, okay. I don't know if, if that's something any of you guys have heard or not, I, I saw some things about that. Um, if that's the case, I got to make some adjustments. <laughs> and then even, even if the spots fill up, you can do it like Manning and Manning and his brother did, like where they just have their, their spinoff simulcast where, you know, people go and watch that and then they have, you know, uncensored guests on and it's just uh, an alter- alternative or ulterior way to watch football. I think... Uh-huh. I think Romo set the trend here because he he does two things wonderfully. He gets excited just like you and me do. He sounds exactly like your dad or your uncle or in my case, your brother, uh, you know, on the couch being excited. And then he'll say shit like, oh, it's third and eight. Look out for a post here to the right side. And then it happens. And you're like, holy God, how did he know that? And so yeah. th- those two things make I I don't, I don't I've never met anybody that says Romo sucks in the booth not in person Twitter you'll find everybody who somebody who doesn't like everything and but yeah I think that he really laid the path here because it was seamless effortless yeah it was great did did mm-hmm. the ratings ever come out for uh what what the Mannings did this season yeah and I thought that they were wonderful were, were yeah, they, uh, as far as I could see, everybody was, they'd much rather watch that than watch their TV on mute whenever the two normal guys would be talking. <laughs> well, here's the deal. So I, 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 I switched over to the Manning thing twice just to see what the appeal was. And of course it's fun. But what I told my wife is that when I'm watching a Vikings game where my absolute mood and life depend on it, I want the normal feel. I don't want two jokers just fucking around. And, <laughs> and that's because I get way too, I'm too emotional and serious about it. So I want the vibes of normalcy. And then if it's just some other idiots playing on Monday night, then I'll switch over to Manning and see what they have to say. Cause it's more of a spectacle. Yeah. That has made me think of a good idea of, you know, in the future, having something like the Manning cast, but maybe for all the noon games. And it's like an alternate um, broadcast that you could watch kind of geared towards maybe a different like red zone audience, just like they have in the Nickelodeon games as well. I mean, yeah, that that would be smart to just have it maybe for all the noon games to get more people to tune in because, you know, they don't have a problem filling the primetime games. I've never watched a Nickelodeon game. What 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 is that? (laughs) I've always tried to catch it and I've never been able to catch anything but highlights. And I'm just like, oh, my yeah. girlfriend would much rather watch that. It's it's Burleson and whoever else is with them, and they gear it towards kids so that they have graphics. Like you saw the slime when they scored, they show CGI slime on the field, yeah, and then oh. and then basically Burleson's talented enough where he's calling it as if a nine year old's watching, and you know it's it's kind of like Gentle Madden where you know he's breaking it down. I mean, Matt Madden said the most obvious things about football, but it worked. Because yeah. it blended the the first time viewer 
with the 50 year viewer and he got away with it. Well, Burleson's just gearing it towards the third grader who's getting into the game. Awesome. All right, Jason, tell me Bronco, one of the little driblets of the, the leaky faucet Wes talked about is Broncos and Rams on Christmas. There is a triple header because Christmas is on a Sunday. Uh, so you'll get to watch. I'm not sure which time slot it was, if it was middle afternoon or early evening. I think it's 2.30. But the, yep. okay, the Broncos and Rams on Christmas, does that, now in yesteryear, yesteryear with Teddy at the helm, you probably would have been like, son of a bitch. But now you're probably like, bring it on. Yeah, I'm excited. Very excited for this for this game. And this game could decide some things at the end of the year, too. I mean, we're going to be getting ready to, you know, wind things down just a tad bit. It's going to be later in the season. Yeah, that's week Both. 17 or week 16. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited to see what, uh, you know, where everybody is ranked at that point in time in the season. Um, playoff implications, I think, for sure in the AFC could come down to that depending on, you know, the Broncos seeding, if they are in fact playoff contenders, which I'm confident that they, that they can and will be. Um, so, and then that'll give them all year to hopefully, you know, um, get everything right. They got so many new pieces there with the coach. And I think it's going to be a seamless effort though. I think it's going to go smooth. It's going to be an awesome game. I'm very excited for it. You, you know, Jason, the, I got to, uh, do you know the last time y'all played on Christmas? Yes. No. <laughs> no. It was four years ago against the Chiefs. I was just kind of curious. Uh, I feel like uh, that's definitely a scary Christmas morning. So I was just wondering if you yeah. kind of relate to the Rams at all, just because of you know the roster they have, and if that would put a damper on your Christmas morning. Are you going to be like watching the game on Christmas? How does that work? Oh gosh, of course I'm going to be watching the game. I, I have, I don't miss games. I've just suffered through six seasons of the most awful football ever. <laughs> you guys have watched. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh my gosh. Awful football. Awful. Dad's yelling on Christmas. The kids are crying. Oh man. It's like every game I did. It's, it's, it's like alcoholism, right? Every game I tell myself it's going to be different. Here's how. <laughs> and then it never is. And, uh, you know, I'm so excited, not only for Russ, but just the new coaching staff that we got in there. And, um, but yeah, Russ is going to bring it all together. Yeah. I think the rest of us remember the last time the Vikings played on Christmas. Oh, it when was, was that? Yeah. Oh, it's 2020. It wasn't that long ago. It was a shellacking seven or six touchdowns. Six. allowed. Yep. Six touchdowns by Alvin Kamara. Yep. And then was like, some, some other moron had another one. I think it was seven yeah. altogether. Yeah. Uh, Never again, please. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, talking about uh, watching every Broncos game, I had lunch with a friend from the place where I used to work, and somehow we went down memory lane of bad Vikings losses, and he's a Cowboys fan. And uh, I told him, and I don't know if you guys know this, but the only Vikings game I ever turned off and just said I'm, I'm through was the 41-0 game against the Giants. Mm. Yep. Yeah, he, he talked about how he turns off Cowboys games because he gets too pissed and then he thinks he can adjust the voodoo by turning it off like like that matters. And <laughs> uh, yeah, the only game I've ever been so just my sick to my stomach was the Kerry Collins NFC championship game. Yeah, the Man. Eagles come to mind for me. Yeah, that, that's that's how the conversation started was he he didn't remember that the Vikings scored on the opening drive. And I'm like, well, I, I was yeah. I wasn't there, but I, I remember the feeling in my body. Effortlessly. Oh God. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was like, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl. I felt weird because like my, the inside of my stomach when they scored a touchdown felt like it was levitating. And I was like, holy crap, this is what it feels like. This is actually happening. And then that was it. Absolutely. You know, that was just your body reminding you that you're a Vikings fan <laughs> and not to get too ahead of yourself. <laughs> exactly. Oh, exactly. man. Uh, Wes, Broncos, Rams on Christmas. Um, assuming the quarterbacks are healthy, that's going to put some some eyes on televisions, is it not? Absolutely. Two subpar teams. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there, there it is. No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wanted to see what kind of reaction I get from Jason there. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it should be a, a firefight. Um, uh, I'm hoping, you know, we get um, like a, a Casey Rams type of a game from a few years back where it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And nobody wanted time to run out because it was just so exciting. Um, you know, the, the Rams, they're going to have a target on their back. They got a tough division. Um, they have a tough schedule. Same with, with Denver. Um, both the uh, AFC West and the NFC West play each other this year. So um, it's going to be survival of the fittest in both of those divisions. And um, this Christmas Day matchup will probably be the, the Coupe de Gras. Jason, do you have anxiety about the Broncos being in such a badass division where all the teams are going to be relevant, or are you, you just know, still on a honeymoon with Russ? No, I. To be honest with you, I don't give a rat's ass who we play this year. Um, it, it's it's such a different feeling than I had, you know, for the last six years. That same feeling that you know, God, you know, here we got to play the Chiefs, or we got to play play the Rams, or the saints or whoever it was. I mean, it didn't really much matter, but I'm like, there's no way we can do anything. And then we'd get, we'd stay within 11 points and I'd be all happy. I thought that we, you know, but no, I don't, I don't care. I, I know that. I know that Russ is a Russ is Russ. I mean, we don't have to explain what he is anymore, but um, what I, what I love the most is that the, that the, the young group of guys that they have on that team, they do not know how to win. Russ will instill that into them, I think. And so will the coaches. I mean, you know, the new coaches that they've got, not only Hackett and, um, you know, some of the other guys, but they got from winning organizations. I think instilling that into these young guys, hungry young guys, I think that they're going to shock people. There's a lot of people that are a little uncertain on how how or what they're going to be. I'm not uncertain at all. I feel it's going to be it's going to be good. I'm not afraid to go up against anybody this year. No anxiety here. Assuming yeah. health, of course. Yeah, iron sharpens iron. You know, the more playoff teams you have to face on the way to the Super Bowl, the more prepared you're going to be facing yep. all those playoff teams. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and I one other thing I will say is, too, and, I, and, I, and I've seen this a lot. We've actually talked about this on the show um, a few times where how Russ starts the season – you know, hot. And then after about week nine or 10, he kind of cools down a little bit. And I don't see that happening this year either. I think that's going to be the one difference that is going to take shape in Denver, as opposed to Seattle for the primary reason that, uh, the head coach wants to make sure that doesn't happen. And, you know, he's the offensive guy. He's a young guy. 
um, and has the same exact goals, I think, for the first time in Russ's career as Russ does. And they got an offensive line, which he hasn't had almost ever. That's yeah. Yep. That's yeah. solid. Cody Russell you- Wilson hasn't had that creativity or the offensive line. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how far he can take that. Cause he's already a hall of famer in my mind. Yeah. yeah. And then he no did those two things. He's never had those before. And, and, and the weapons that nobody in the league knows what they're capable of, except for like, if you're watching Broncos <laughs> games every single week, you you've seen it in glimpses. The, the the rare time when when uh, Locke throws a good pass and a catchable pass to Judy and he explodes through or the deep balls to Sutton and Patrick. You see it in glimpses, but it's never consistent because nothing about the team has been consistent. <laughs> and I'm hoping that changes. And you forgot to mention the five yard outs. Uh, weird Al out there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> five yard outs. Well, wait, you know, they rate they, they, Shermer. They. Fake jet sweeps to Judy all day, every day. <laughs> Never gave him one, but he ran it a lot. Cody, who do you think wins the AFC West? Uh, let me go over to my notes real quick. Oh, you I got, got notes on this stuff. Excellent. Well, yeah, always I was has notes. trying to think of my Super Bowl predictions. I had a hard time not putting all four teams in the playoffs from the AFC West. I ended really? up taking out the Raiders for uh, the Colts. Okay, as you but, should. Uh, I have the Chiefs winning it, but uh, for what it's worth, Jason, in the wild card round, I have the Broncos beating the Chiefs. Ooh. But I do think they send at least three for sure, if not four. Uh, I just not if I was a betting man, I'm not betting on the Raiders to make the playoffs two years in a row. All right, Wes, let's talk about Odell Beckham. He tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. Uh, thankfully for his sake, his team got a, a ring and he contributed mightily to the process. But now he's a free agent, and I think he'll be ready to play in maybe October, November, depending on his recovery. A lot of times these dudes are just ready in six months, but uh, at his age, and uh, they might, he has the luxury of being slow rolled because uh, he doesn't have a team right now. So tell me. Give me, give me three teams or so where you think he'll end up and can make an impact. Uh, most obvious is the Rams. Um, could see him returning uh, to Los Angeles. He's already got a rapport with the coaching staff, and um, you know they they can definitely afford to slow roll him with uh, Cup and Allen Robinson. Um, they're younger wide receivers. Uh, that they have on the roster as well. Um, second one would be the Cleveland Browns. He could um, have a re- reunion uh, with the team that um, he was cut from. Um, he still knows the coaching staff. His issue was with Baker Mayfield. Um, the Browns see that their issue was Baker Mayfield as well, and that's why they've essentially shit on him all offseason. A third team, this one will be difficult. Um, Maybe like a Kansas City. Some some team with an established quarterback that doesn't necessarily have uh, a bevy of uh, wide receiver options or, or weapons. Um, Green Bay Green, Packers. Yeah, Green Bay, uh, uh, Kansas City, something like that. Okay. Cody, give me your OBJ landing spots, real realistic ones. 
Not not uh, one not ones where you think, oh, he'd be so sweet and blah 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 offense. Where he realistically will land? Yeah, no, I'm I'm calling it. Uh, I think it's going to be the Green Bay Packers for sure, without a doubt. Oh man, um, uh, you know you got OBJ before he signed with the Rams. When he got released, everybody had him join the Packers. Apparently, the Packers are consensus number one. Um, I think that you got guys like Julio, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham, all candidates for Green Bay. I mean, at this point, they're unlikely to command that big money everybody's been getting. So maybe like uh, $3 million with incentives, something like that. But you also got to think they're going to want to go to the best place to showcase their talents. Not only that, but if you can win a ring as well, that would be pretty good. I definitely do think the Packers are going to bring in a mid-tier talent like a Julio, maybe not a Jarvis Landry, but a Julio, OBJ. I got Christian Watson filling that Marcus Valdez-Scantling role, Alan Lazard returning back to his role. Um, So I could see them, if Christian Watson disappoints or he's not ready or anything like that, I could see them bringing in OBJ. Uh, Maybe he'll be able to take over and help him make that late season push. It's not really the Packer way, though. They always get fans hyped for signing free agents, and then they don't. Um, <laughs> and the other thing, like he's on my – or Packers are on my little list, too. The other thing that I'll, I'll point out is that almost every time I've asked a guest on the McKinney show about Green Bay, down the line, they're like, oh, that place is terrible. Not because they hate the Packers, but the city – it's underwhelming. It's like if you if you drop a pass, you hear about it at the grocery store. And for for young dudes who you know every single one of these is, uh, it sounds like you know there's nothing too drawing about Green Bay aside from 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, which is just mm-hmm. it's outrageous that that this this hasn't ceased in 30 years. Maybe Odell just wants to be loved. <laughs> Jason, Jason, where does Odell go? Well, he's going to go somewhere that's got a that's got a competent, capable quarterback. I, I do like that Cleveland prediction. I could see Green Bay as well. Uh, God, Cleveland. I didn't even never. What about back to L.A.? That's what Wes said. No, he didn't. OK, that's got to be the front runner, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think and I think he wants to be there if they'll have him. Um, I think he, he fits the mold out there in L.A. quite well, um, yeah. you know, so in. I do have, what is he, 29? Yeah, let me look at 28, up. 29, something 20. like that. But I could also see him going to Buffalo. He turns 30 in November. Hmm. 30 in November. Yeah, Buffalo. Now, what he has he, this is an ACL injury. So that, God, let's hope that that doesn't hamper him. But even if it did not, um, you know, like we've talked about plenty of times on this show, once you get to that 30 mark, you know, even the best of the best start to start to tamper down a bit. Has he been, he's been hurt before too, hasn't he? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He had yeah. A fractured ankle at one point, I believe. Yeah. That's, actually that's that, that's what has derailed his career from being moss like or rice like is these, yeah. these injuries that creep up. Um, but because he was such a magnet for highlights in his first year and he's got cool hair and all this, like it's all, we always think of him in the pristine version that, Oh, my team's getting OBJ and you think of the healthy version and you know, it happened to work for the Rams. Yeah, you you do, and and some people are are naive enough to think that he was only uh, uh, talked about that way because of those couple highlight catches. But no, he he mm-hmm. was good. Oh yeah, he was so special. And you know, if he could have just stayed healthy, I mean, we, who knows what kind of numbers we'd be talking about right now? 
Yeah, that's yeah. He he backed it up tremendously in years one through three. Uh, looking at his stat sheet now, in the first three years, the first three years down the line, thirteen hundred five yards, twelve touchdowns, fourteen hundred fifty yards, thirteen touchdowns, thirteen hundred sixty six yards, ten touchdowns, and then he's never gone above twelve hundred yards in a season again. And we're talking seventeen five years there and you know he's bounced around the giants got sour they traded him to the browns talked his way out of there and so yeah it seems like the way he's training is just to be this wide receiver mercenary that's going to go help teams win championships once he gets healthy uh so yeah i think the rams are definitely the front runner um because it just flat out worked and there wasn't any big drama there uh the packers i can see because uh they inevitably need another weapon, whether or not Watson is good or not. They the receiving core. If Rogers wasn't there, would be laughed at, but because Rogers there, we just think, Oh yeah, he's going to make it fine. And then I'm going to drop the Vikings in there because it, it just makes too much sense. Um, the LSU gang, Daniel Hunter, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Peterson, uh, Daniel Hunter was actually teammates with Odell Beckham at LSU. Uh, you have his former offensive coordinator and Kevin O'Connell now running the ship in Minnesota and the Vikings claim to be a contender. So that's three boxes that are checked there um, as a dark horse in the OBJ sweepstakes. And none of these decisions have to be made. What, what's that, Wes? Oh, I got one more dark horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be the Dallas Cowboys. Ooh, um, oh, yeah. it, it would be such a, a Jerry world signing. Um, you know, they have a, a void at wide receiver with, um, the Amari Cooper trade. So, um, and, I, I, and Cedric or Cedric. Yeah. Miami. Cedric, yeah. He was quietly yeah. good. Yeah. So, um, do they want to roll out a, uh, rookie wide receiver as their third or, you know, later in the season, do they want to roll out uh, a proven vet? So that, that could be a, a dark horse as well. All right. Let's move on to, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say real quick, why uh, we know kind of why OBJ isn't signing anywhere. Why? Why? What about some of these other guys? Are they are teams just kind of waiting for potential injuries or just because I mean, or is it the later that they wait, the cheaper they can get them? Or is it I didn't think that was the case. Probably a multitude of that. Also, they don't have to go to training camp or nobody's going to give them flack for not showing up. I mean, if I was Julio, I wouldn't want to go to the team until maybe at least a week into the preseason. The far, sure. the far of treatment. So do you think do you think that, that there's been teams that have approached these guys? Somewhat. Uh, like the Honey Badger signing. Um, uh, the Saints, by signing them after the draft, they don't have to lose any potential compensatory pick compensation, um, which can be the case for some of these guys. Um other guys, I'm sure, are waiting for potential indis- uh, injury or rosters to kind of flush themselves out uh, before making the decision. Uh, some of these guys need to prove that they can, you know, be healthy. Like Julio, for instance, um, he had an injury-marred season, so he he's got to come back and and really prove that he's healthy enough. I, I think all of those factor into to what's going on. Yeah, and this happens every year. I remember last year when the Vikings needed a um, – or when we were spitballing who would go to the Vikings as a backup three-tech. There was just like seven of them that were good, that were just waiting to be signed. So this happens every summer where these guys who are getting long in the tooth, they don't have to go to training camp, 
And then they kind of wait to see the lay of the land. And I think all the reasons that were mentioned in the last two minutes on this show are, are valid. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I don't, yeah, they're, they certainly get discounted as they, as they go down the line. And then there's ones like, and I know intimately talking about them so much like Anthony Barr and JC Treader, where you just, you, they might not be very healthy. And so they're just sitting there and they're trying to be figured out by general managers. Like, you know, can Anthony Barr contribute because yeah. uh, you know, he might have a trick knee all of a sudden or Treader president of the NFL PA mysteriously, Nobody signed, and he's a top five pass blocking center on the planet. So let's yeah, talk about waiting. this. What? I'm still waiting on Geno Atkins to get healthy. <laughs> yeah. Remember, that was our JC Treader last year. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's just somebody to clog. Like Sheldon Richardson's another one. Like he's out there, free agent. So there, there is oh, like yeah. a, a whole football team that could be assembled the free agents right now. And Anthony Barr could go anywhere. Yeah. Any team, any defense. Yeah. And if indeed he is healthy, I mean, he's only 30, so he should have three or four more years left, especially the way that he plays, uh, you know, that leadership and captain persona. But alas, let's talk about the Lions. I put this topic on the docket. It was laughed at by the guy from Texas. And and I can't I couldn't figure out if he's not sold on him, but I want to give a little speech and then I'll hand the floor over to Wes on this one foremost is that in 12 years ago, 13 years ago, they drafted Matthew Stafford and they said, all right, we got our guy, go figure it out. And through multiple drafts and free agent signings, they didn't surround him with outside of like two seasons and outside of Megatron, uh, a team that was competitive. And we know that is true because the one time he gets out, Stafford gets out of town, he goes and wins the Super Bowl. So now they're doing the complete opposite. They're building their trenches back-to-back drafts all of a sudden their wide receiving core went from us giggling at it last year to being kind of fantasy hell where you're like oh do i take dj chark do i take Jameis williams do i take uh who's the other one that they signed there was one other guy i have to go look at it on the depth chart i think it's the wr3 there uh is it josh reynolds did he go there um they Maybe. got they got three guys that you don't laugh at. Or Amon Ra. <laughs> Amon Ra would be their WR1. And then DeAndre Swift for sure in the passing game as well. Yeah. And yeah. so they're doing this backward as opposed to the last time they did it. And they're they're just going with Goff, an expensive bastard at quarterback, <laughs> while they build out the rest of the roster, presumably to pick somebody next year in the draft. So, Wes, is this uh, I also said as a follow-up when I put this on the docket that I'm not scared of them yet as a Vikings uh, savant, but do you, in, if you, if you were neutral on the lions, do you like what they're doing there or am I overhyping them? Yeah. I, I like what they're, they're doing a lot. They showed it last year by staying in a lot of games that they probably uh, had no business being in. Um, they are developing a a scrappy young bunch of guys that like to compete, uh, like to bite ankles. Um, and yeah, I mean, they, they just keep adding talent on, uh, both sides of the football. Um, it'll be interesting next year to see if they make a push, make a play, uh, to draft one of the the top quarterbacks. I, I think that's really the last step for them. Um, you know, play this year, get everybody familiar with the system, um, familiar with playing together and add a quarterback to this mix and then hopefully really be able to take that next step. But yeah, they, 
they have a, a roster with a bunch of you know young talent uh some of it proven some of it unproven um i think the sky's the limit for them they've got a um, if they want it, a divorce point next year with Goff's contract where uh, they can opt out of it or vice versa. And the dead cap is only uh, 10 million. The dead cap now is 41 million. So it seems like they're lining it up and they're, they're doing their version of a competitive rebuild where they, you know, see what Goff can do and perhaps channel the 2018 version of him while really building these trenches and signing some, uh, playmakers that you're like, mm, that's pretty like they, they impress me more than the bears on paper. Uh, Jason, you like what the lions are doing? I do. I do. I agree with everything Wes said. Uh, yeah. I remember I, uh, on the show last year, I picked them a couple times during the year to, to win. I mean, they, they were in games and, and uh, yeah, I'm not as much of a, uh, a golf hater as a lot of people are. I don't think, I mean, I think he can be capable and serviceable, um, you know, and, and yeah, I'd, I'd roll it back with them just like they're doing. And, and I think that they're going to do exactly what you just said, Dustin, and uh, take, take one of the, the top tier quarterbacks in next year's draft. However, that, however they need to do that and whether it's trading and getting up there to get one and, I, I'm still miffed and mystified, though, is how to how just because they paid Stafford, how they were so incapable of putting anything around him for so long. And, and it seems to me that Stafford's contract couldn't have been the reason for that. I mean, was it just awful drafting, mm-hmm. awful act free agent acquisitions and just failed attempt after failed attempt. Yeah. They never put all facets together. So the, the weirdest thing that you you'll ever hear on Twitter is that Stafford never had the weapons. <laughs> You're like, I'm pretty sure he had like one of the most talented wide receivers ever <laughs> for his first five or six years. Um, but they never did everything in unison. One year, their defense would get good and then boom, they make the playoffs, but then they would draft in a silly fashion. And I don't know, that's, it must be, that must be why I've never feared Stafford on a football field because he has always has ample chance chance to come from behind. And a lot of time he does, but I've never put him in that category. And I still don't as Russell Wilson, where I'm like, Oh God, there's a minute 48 left. Holy. If I saw that with Stafford, I'd be like, yeah, he might do it. Might not. We'll see. Um, but he's, he's never been a killer to me. And so thankfully for him, he got out and joined the dream team in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah, and last thing I'll say about uh, the the Lions, and I kind of got, and this feeling kind of started with me last year. Uh, um, same with this other team that I'm about to mention, and especially capped off after both of these drafts this year was the was the Lions and the Jets. I mean, and and you you hit on it a couple shows back where you're like. You know, but then everybody, you know, gets excited about the draft and then they realize, oh, it's just the Jets or, oh, it's just the Lions. But I, I feel I feel a little bit different about both those teams for some reason. And I think it would be so great for the NFL if if they could really kick it up a notch a little bit, you know, and get back into the swing of things more so for the for the for the Lions. I mean, the Jets, even though it's been about a decade or so ago, they they were at least in some AFC championship games where they had a, you know, surrounded by that defense of theirs with, with Rex Ryan. But, you know, to get those two teams to be successful again, or at least competent and somewhat reasonable to watch, I think it'd be good for the league. Cody, give me the Lions speech. 
Uh, I was looking into the Lions and I found this cool quote uh, from, I, I put it down in case it was relevant in our show last week, but it's, uh, you can't help but notice the Lions burgeoning list of offensive skill players. The list includes quarterback Matthew Stafford, Calvin Johnson, Nate Burleson, Brandon Pettigrew, and Tony Scheffler, and now Javid Best. If Best makes the impact the Lions believe he will, the Vikings might one day wonder if they should have taken another offer. You could replace all of those names with their current players. It's kind of the same feelings, but the one difference that sticks out to me for sure between those two teams is Dan Campbell with the Lions. Uh, I was reading about some observations from their rookie minicamp, and I didn't know that it for the Bob Quinn, Matt Patricia era, era, the media wasn't allowed to things like that. And not only did Dan Campbell welcome the media in, he laid out the format for the day. Um, and then not only that, it's it just seems like it's a good place to be at. And I don't think that's lost on the players, especially, I mean, you look at even someone like Mike Zimmer, playing for Mike Zimmer and playing for Dan Campbell is probably two completely different experiences, completely change the way your everyday life goes. And I mean, you've got what I thought was neat. you got Mark Brunel and Antoine Randall L out there practicing with the players because not only is Dan Campbell a good motivator, but he's a player's guy. I mean, uh, he's quoted saying that he doesn't want to waste a spot on a player who wasn't going to get a shot at the roster. So he's not going to bring in some undrafted quarterback who has not no shot of playing to sling the ball during practice. And that means that some other dude who had a shot of making the roster isn't going to get to get in. I mean, this guy goes the whole way and what you want to play for as a coach and as a division rival, you know, it does make me a little nervous because that's, I think, a good way to build a winning program from the ground up was with an attitude like Dan Campbell has, you know, yeah. get up off the ground and bite them on the way up or whatever he said last year. Yeah, they, they're setting themselves up so that they have to nail the quarterback. Um, I, I'm, yeah. I, I, maybe they assume because golf is so expensive that, yeah, we can, we, we believe in this guy. I don't know if in the shadows they believe that, but it's all going to culminate in whether or not next year or the, I don't know if to pull off some trade. But yeah, if we assume golf is going to be the golf of the last uh, three years, then then it's it's like a big climax. Like, who do they get? I, I knew everything I needed to know about golf in the playoffs of 2020 when he hurt his finger or whatever. And the the vibe was, well, if it's Wofford, we're, same thing like Johnny Wofford, whatever his name was. Like fan Rams fans were actually like, well, you know, it's Wofford or Goff. It's, well, I don't know. It, like it wasn't an outrage that Goff was hurt. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, the, the book has been written on that guy. All right, let's go off air uh, with way too early Super Bowl predictions, the May edition. Um, yeah, it's, we don't get to see any injuries yet. You get to give me, because you have the draft now, um, right to holstered. You know, you know who's going where. It's still what, 30, 40 free agents that will, you know, get playing time. That'll be signed. But Wes, I want you to tell me your Super Bowl matchup. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you had about 10 hours to prepare, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, um, Super Bowl matchup. Wow. Um, let's go with the, the Christmas Day matchup. Oh, really? Uh, we will go with uh, Rams and Broncos. Super Bowl. My goodness. You think that'll waver when I ask you this in August? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jason. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the floor. 
Oh man, every ounce of my being wants to wants to pick that exact same thing. But I think I'm gonna go with uh God, the NFC is is very difficult for me. So I'll go, I'll go, I'll go Bills Ramps. Ooh, yeah. The Bills feel like I, I, I mentioned this in a Vikings article. I can't remember the context, but if they lose again next year. It's going to be like, it's not the Super Bowl losing curse. It's going to be, we can't even get to the Super Bowl curse because mm-hmm. they're so, they're built so well with a quarterback who will be MVP in the next five years. And if they keep getting beat by the Chiefs or whoever else, it's going to be like, well, what the hell's going on here type of moment. So we have uh, Rams and Broncos from Wes. We have the Bills and Rams from Jason. Cody, spit it for me. There wasn't one Vikings Bronco. Prediction? No, nope, nope. realist. <laughs> I got. I got. That was my prediction bills. in '98. Screw <laughs> <laughs> you. God, oh, I know man. that sucks. No I'm just as that bad. Low hanging fruit. Oh yeah, he could. Uh, just... I got. I got the Bills over the Buccaneers for the Super Bowl. Um, I do want to point out that I have a pretty sad show for us the week and after after uh, the championship games because I have the Bills over the Broncos and the Buccaneers over the Vikings. So that would make for one pretty sad podcast. Oh, really? And that, <laughs> that's championship weekend? Yeah. I oh, mean, so you I think, think the Vikings this, are think, that good? I think that there, I'm, I'm expecting us to go to the NFC championship. I might be a homer, but I mean, I said the same thing last year. Oh, you didn't? See, I don't but, remember that. <laughs> yeah. Credibility just I, dipped. I do, I do think the Buccaneers... And the Bills will go to the Super Bowl. The storylines are great. You got the Bills trying to get redemption against their arch enemy. And, you know, this could be his right off into the sunset. And it's one last smack in the Bills' face. I mean, yeah. the, the, comp, the show up between Josh Allen and Tom Brady would be great. But, of course, I'm wishing for Broncos Vikings Super Bowl. I think that would be cool, except for the sense that I've seen Russell Wilson yeah. make magic in that pocket too many times. Yep. No, I, if, if, the Vikings, if, the Vikings, if the Vikings are good enough to get to a Super Bowl, I do not want it to be against Russell Wilson. Cause I can already tell you how that son of a bitch is going to end up. I know how that game will work. <laughs> We're best hoping for the Colts. Or They'll probably the move the Super Bowl to Seattle first of all. And that's where the game <laughs> will be played. Uh, that's just the way it goes for Viking Seahawks. All right. So mine doesn't have any of your guys' selections. I firmly believe documenting it here in May of 2022, that the Chiefs' decision to get more plentiful on defense will equal prosperity in the next three to four years. And I think it starts immediately. So I have the chiefs and the Cardinals in the Super Bowl. Cardinals. Hmm. I, I think the Cardinals can only look like morons down the stretch of a season for so long. And, uh, yeah, I, the NFC comparatively, especially when Brady was retired, my goodness, it was so weak and yeah, I, I Packers, I absolutely believe it when I see it for them to actually get back to Super Bowl. Um, I can see a, a world where the bucks aren't quite as good Brady at 45. And then after that, you got the Cowboys who will inevitably lose in the playoffs. And then you start staring down the line saying, eh, the Rams, nobody goes back to back. And the team that jumps out at me is the Cardinals. Yeah. One last thing I'm going to say about the Vikings though. That wasn't a, that wasn't a hit at you guys. I was mad. I, I loved that team. That was the coolest team in, in, that I remember watching back in those days. Every every time on Sports Center, Cunningham just lofts the ball 
up out of the screen and just bad. It was so cool. Oh, so yeah, cool. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and Cody, you know what? The the Vikings, that that's a good choice, I think. I mean, maybe maybe I'm wrong here, but their offensive line should be pretty stout. Mm-hmm. Haven't they been building it for a few <laughs> hey, years? That, these guards yeah. are coming plug and play these days. You no, just no, no, got to give them a chance. But they've been building it now for a few years, though, right? Yeah, they, they, they got, got what, tackles. Less than a second. Yeah, they got and tackles for it. Yeah, I mean, so it does take a few years. I thought the offensive line was certainly going to be much better than it was last year, but to put a cohesive unit, it does take a few years yeah, to make that happen. Two- I just... I just feel so good about them. Similar to how, like how you do with the Broncos, there's good energy. It seems that is just starts just with an offensive coach. Of yeah, for sure. You know, that's hope. And then the way Kwesi's running the team, I'm thinking that just like we were talking about the lions changing their culture with how they're running everything. I think that we're on that same exact trajectory. Yeah. With, I mean, you go to the, you go play for the Minnesota Vikings. You're going to have a good time. And you're going to feel like family. And yeah, I feel like that's you, something that Quasey definitely preaches, and say, so does Hackett over there with the Broncos. Yeah, and you guys already got the the quality pieces in place already. The the the, the big time receiver, the big time mm-hmm. back, and Cousins finally, finally with a coach that will actually be you know <laughs> talk to him, talk to him. All right, that's all we got uh, next week. Even though the timing isn't great for us, we'll go over some of the, the juicy stuff on the schedule. By that time, it'll be six days in the rear view, but it'll be new to us for the sake of the show. All we got, gentlemen, thanks for a wonderful episode. Good night, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.